Hi, everybody, and welcome to Buzzing About Romance, A Quick Shot of Romance. And on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, I am joined by podcast contributor Lindsay, and we are reviewing Neutral Browns by Jiffy Kate. Welcome back to the podcast, Lindsay. Thanks, Leah. So excited about this one. Okay, do you want to go ahead and read the synopsis from Goodreads? Yes. First comes marriage, then comes love, divorce. Let's pretend this never happened. They say opposites attract, and that couldn't be truer when it comes to Cece and Shep. But what happens when the two most anti-marriage people in the French Quarter start to enjoy the act? I never, Cece, I never planned on getting married. After my dad deserted my family the day before my 10th birthday and I watched my mother fall to pieces over him, I decided it wasn't worth the heartache. Then Shepard Reese Jones, who ghosted me two years ago, declares he needs to marry someone to claim his inheritance. And I drunkenly offer myself up as his wife. He was the best I've ever had, and now he's all mine, but only for the next year. Shep, I never planned on getting married. It was one business transaction I had no desire to close. Yet here I am, sitting in a bar in New Orleans, seriously considering making Cece Calhoun my wife. If we can manage to stay married for a year, I'll be $100 million richer and finally have the freedom to forge my own path, separate from the Reese Jones name. She's the only woman I've struggled to forget, and she's finally mine. For now, is it possible for this fake marriage to be real? Okay, so this was released October 7th, 2019. So it is a couple years old, and the tropes are one night stand, enemies to lovers, kind of, but not really. When you read it, you'll understand why I say that one. Marriage of convenience, opposite to tract. He is a reformed playboy, but he's not like so much that it's like, ew. And it is a slow burn. This is from the French Quarter Collection. It is book three, and they are a series of standalones. It is told in dual first person point of view, and you do get a good amount of both CC and Shep. And the put out percentage is 55% because you do not get that one night stand at the beginning. Okay. So let's talk about how the book opens up. So it opens up like they are having a game night and doing drunken monopoly and Shep cheats. They make a bet and Shep cheats. And then the book like chapter one opens and it's two years later. And that was the night of the one night stand. Well, they they had weekend sexcapades. It wasn't even just a one night stand. It was a weekend of sexcapades. And that's like our new word, sexcapades. I love it. It's um, all Becky's fault. This is my favorite Jiffy Kate book. Is it? It is. And I love Jiffy Kate. Like, I'm a big fan of Jiffy Kate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book is my absolute favorite Jiffy Kate book. And I love what they did with Cece. Cece is like a really special character because in the world of Jiffy Kate, she ties every single one of their series together. She has a connection mm-hmm. to almost every single one of the characters in the books. And I just love her. I yes. love her so much. <laughs> I I love Cece. And I'm going to preface this by saying that I love Cece. But there were times where I didn't love her in this book. Because she... I blame her mom for a lot of it. Because her, her like her dad left them and her mom like fell apart. And so Cece basically raised herself for a good portion of it. And her mom basically hammered into her head that she doesn't need a man. She needs to be independent. She needs to be able to do this and this and this. And so it's really kind of set a precedent for Cece where she, one, she doesn't like to ask for help. 
And two, she is so afraid to actually fall in love that like it is smacking her in the face over and over again. Like once they get together, but she is so afraid to do it. And I just want to be like, friend, like open your eyes and stop being so damn stubborn. Yeah. So she's in a... She's also not, I would not say she's a relaxed heroine at all. She's very, like, the CC you see in the other books is not mm-hmm. the same CC you get in this book. And I think it's, it creates such, it's one of the things I love about this book because mm-hmm. you see so much of CC until you get this book. Yeah. You feel like you know her and then you see, like, and it's, I think it's like this with a lot of people and their friends. Like you don't always know what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And like her friends, they know her. Like she's let these people into her lives, but she still has kept so much of herself close to the vest, so yeah. much of her trauma. And especially like so much of her feelings for Shep. Like she, I don't, I don't think her friends don't know that she slept with him. They no, don't know. None happened. of them do. Like she, she's kind of just, been secretive about it and then well, they think they're enemies now <laughs> well and that's where the enemies to lovers piece comes in because like they so when maverick is shep's best friend and he is the hero from book one and karis is the he- heroine from book one right karis yes karis okay so and cc is karis's best friend and so nobody around them know what happened shep never said anything cc never said anything but their dynamic completely changes after this one night stand and they kind of like freeze each other out but it's and that's the thing with cc is like she she is so open and willing to do anything for her friends but she holds so much close to the vest and she has like this permanent wall that she won't let anybody penetrate and she lets people in to a certain point because even Karis who is like her like all-time ride or die like there are parts of her that like she she keeps to herself and I just I just want to be like these people love you and they love you so much and they want so many good things for you just let them in the rest of the way and and I love her by the end of the book like I loved her in the other books don't get me wrong and I love her by the end of the book, but there were times I just want to smack her and be like, please ask for help because that like, these are your people. Like that is what they are there for. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy too, that like they wind up in this fake marriage relationship situation because mm-hmm. Cece's trying to save her coffee shop. Yes. Um, and Shep, he's got substantial career ambitions and he needs that $100 million inheritance to make them happen. Mm-hmm. But- been largely riding on the coattails of his family name i think they're like a development company and that's part of like how yeah i'm not 100 percent sure what they do but like his family yeah. is old money and so but he like his grandfather passes away towards the beginning of the book and he finds out that he is going to inherit a hundred million dollars but he will get it on his first anniversary but then the other millions of dollars that his grandfather has are all going to charity. And his, his parents are idiots. Like I did not like his parents. Like Shep is very anti-relationship. And when you like get more time with his parents, like on page, not just the periphery, like descriptions of them, like you can understand why he has been so closed off to the idea of love because he was never 
shown a healthy relationship except for like Maverick and people in Maverick's life, but he doesn't trust those types of relationships. No, him and Cece both have like similarly traumatizing backgrounds. They really do. Like they have that kind of, it's really interesting. I love the way this book is written because the fake relationship puts two people who are otherwise never going to overcome like those traumas Mm -hmm. the relationship component specifically the marriage component of it pits them together where they have to be together for a certain amount of time and then subsequently like because of their emotions and there are like the existing attraction they have to work through it together and then they eventually get to their happily ever after and it's so satisfying it really is yeah well and it's one of those things where they they go into this like they both go into this like union like shep like he definitely falls first like Cece, like she felt that intense connection when they had the one night stand, but then like he disappears and ghosts her, which they never actually had like a really full conversation about that. And that kind of bugged me, but I will forgive that because they were super happy at the end of it. But so, so, but she pines after him to a point, but then once they do get back together in this fake relationship, like she's like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna be part of this. And so like, she does like a complete 180. And then she, and Shep is like, I am in this. Like when he makes the decision that he he's in, like he is in and he is all in. You also like this book is interesting because like when they go I think it's when they go back to, is it Houston they go back to, to when they visit his family, they see- Houston or Dallas, I can't remember which one. Like you you get introduced to the characters that are in the Good Times book, which I think is book four or five. I can't remember how this- book four. Um, But the characters in that series are in book four. Mm -hmm. Again, like how Cece connects them all together. (laughs) Not just in this series, but all of them. But- um. Like, you see such an interesting side of Shep. Like, he's deeply altruistic. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Yes. I think sure. Like, he's just a... Like, you see, like, Cece sees all these different sides of him she didn't mm-hmm. know. And that's when she realizes that, like, she had no intention of letting herself fall for him. Right. But it was too late. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, Shep, like, he comes across as this, like, self-centered egotistical guy in like the way that he carries himself but part of that is this facade that he shows people like that's not who he is at all like once you get to like maverick doesn't see that side of him maverick sees shep for who shep is and maverick knows that he's very apprehensive about the whole thing but he knows that deep down Shep is capable of love and capable of all those things and with Cece, but Maverick is very protective of Cece, which I love. Yeah, it's interesting like how the relationship between Karis and Maverick really sets the foundation for the relationship mm-hmm. between Cece and Shep. Yeah, I agree. And it, there's some similarities there also that I think are necessary in the way that Jiffy Kate tell this story. I agree. But let's, but the friend group of 
Karis and Avery, who is book two, like, I just, I love the way that they, they have this connection and this love for each other. And even the girl that um, works at Cece's coffee shop, I can't think of her name right off the top of my head, but um, they have these connections. And it's one of those things where these people, like Cece ends up with the flu or something like partway through the book. And these people drop everything to do everything they can to help Cece because the coffee shop is her life. And it's, it's being threatened, which she doesn't really tell anybody like how badly it's being threatened, which again, I want to be like, what is going on? And then there's Jules, the best friend as well. So there's like a great cast of characters. I want Jules to get a book. I would love Jules to get a book. Anytime he was on page, I always like was waiting to see what he was wearing because he would always be like decked out such a character I love him he is and and that's the thing like they have a really vast character base in this book like no two characters are the same like they have similarities and they have common ground but at the same time like they're so different and it works so well and you can understand why these people have created these intense secure relationships with each other yeah it's definitely a found family situation Mm -hmm. every single book in the series it is like they're not people who come from solid backgrounds they've all got a past of some kind they're all Mm -hmm. grappling with some pretty serious issues um throughout the whole book i mean they all deal with their past in the stories yeah every single one of them, they have to get past that, or at least like come to terms with what has happened Mm -hmm. in order to get to their HEA. So it's not like an easy HEA. There may be like a, I don't think, I think, don't think there's any, they're not quick relationship building either. Like the put out percent is late in all of these books. I I think they're all slow burns. burns. Yeah. Which is shocking because I don't tend to love slow burns, but I don't even care. Like if Jiffy Kate writes it, I read it. Well, but it's one of those, it's one of those slow burns that they're really working on the relationship and the foundation of the relationship before they take that step. Like this one, like they, they had the one night stand and then there's that big gap between it, which I hated that she did not like, I hated that she was celibate. Like it bugged me, but it doesn't always bug me. But this time it bugged me because like he wasn't. And like, he basically is like, I, I can't be like, go without sex for a year while we're married. So it's either you or like, I'm going to go like do other things. And she's like, um, I, you totally can because I have not had sex for two years. And I'm just like, girl, what are you doing? Don't tell him that. No. And he needed to be slapped in that conversation. Like, he did. He really that. did. Well, and there were some really like douchey moments and like things that came out of his mouth. I'm like, oh, Shep. Oh, honey. Yeah. He has some real douchey moments. He's not. He's, he's not, not without not, fault. No, he's not a perfect hero. Jiffy Kate doesn't tend to write like the perfect hero in this series. Mm-mm. Like they're all flawed. All the characters are flawed. Their flaws are on the page and they he's really very much of the arrogant kind of somewhat playboy mindset he Uh, is definitely but it's one of those things that he has a lot of growth and a lot of turnaround and and once he 
once he realizes, because he got scared, and that's why he did what he did after their weekend of sexcapades. Like the boy got scared, and so he panicked and ran. And so, like, you can understand why his turnaround was as fast as it was because he was like, oh, this wasn't like a shot in the dark emotional like difference like these are true feelings if I'm feeling the same thing now as I did then and it's been two years and I'm still thinking about her like don't use other women to try and get over somebody like that's just not okay but whatever it's a book I get it it's life it happens but anyway I digress but it's the fact that like he is continually going back to her and the thoughts of her. And I think you finally realize like, it doesn't matter what he does or who he does. Like it'll always come back to CC. And there's no getting rid of her because he's irrevocably tied to her through Maverick. And that's also kind of what makes them perfect because he's not willing in any way to sacrifice his relationship with Maverick. Mm-hmm. Like he, that is like the one area of his life where he has it straight (laughs) it's true well because even well and even there's some moments where like maverick calls him out on his actions and his behaviors with the whole cc thing and it's like what are you doing like you are fucking things up like this is not okay that you were gonna play with her and maverick i think he really he did not like those conversations like but i think that shep needed to hear these things because he needed to see like this is this is a part of Maverick's life. Like if he irrevocably like damages this relationship, like what is that going to do for Maverick? Yeah. Hmm. I like the scenes, like there's some scenes where Cece has to go and clean out her mom's house. And she finds like, I think it's this one. Where she like goes to her mom's house. Well, she went to her mom's house to find paperwork for the shop because when her uncle passed away and left her mom the like all of his assets, he had like just a basic like written will. It was very like low key, but she needed some paperwork to prove like ownership and all that stuff for the contesting of the will. Yeah, I liked those scenes, like where she's going and dealing with that. Like, Mm -hmm. because that's really when, like, she goes and deals with a lot of her mental processing. And it's interesting because, like, Jiffy Kate does this in a few books where, like, the heroine will go on a journey to, like, overcome her traumatic past. Mm -hmm. And it really, like, is a critical milestone in them, like, kind of developing the relationship. And it's some, I don't know like what are your thoughts in terms of like the writing do you think like in terms of like the way have you read a lot of their other books like mm-hmm. from the Finding Focus series because it's I think been a the, while but yeah I have yeah because like this one it's interesting because like the newer books that Jiffy Kate write are different they're more I think not rom-com but they definitely have like a lighter more rom-com feel to them like mm-hmm. there are for components but like they're not quite as dark as this series this is my favorite series they've written um i mean (laughs) out of like compared to some of like their newer stuff like they definitely toe the line towards that rom-com like these are definitely more 
these are angsty without being overly angsty, but there's no, there's light moments, but the book overall has a more emotional feel. Like they really delve into like in the finding focus series and the series, they really delve on the emotions and how people's past and events in their lives, like really trigger how they lead their, their life going forward. And I think, and they have changed their, they haven't changed their voice, but they changed their style of writing where they, they lean more towards those light moments. That's not to say they don't have angsty moments in their books still, but they definitely don't aren't as heavy as some of their older stories, which I mean, these, these stories, they're not so heavy that you are like inundated, like with emotion when the, by the time that you're done, there's enough lightness in it that you're not so overcome, but I definitely have seen a change in the, the balance between the light and the heavy as, as they write. But it's really interesting. Cause like the way they write, the writing is always so strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it really yeah. is. And, and they, they write really well together. And I feel like that's a big thing. Like if you honestly, like going into these books, if you did not know it was a duo writing these stories, you would not know it because their writing flows seamlessly together. Like you don't know where Jif is writing or Jenny Kate is writing. Like, honestly, if we sat down with them and we're like, who wrote this, who wrote that? I don't know if they could tell us, they might be able to, but like, I, I don't notice a different in different in voice throughout the story. I don't either. I will say the thing that I love most about this series is New Orleans. Like the way they write New Orleans, it is Mm -hmm. so alive in the story. Like I would say that it feels like the main character in a lot of Mm -hmm. in this series. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the thing like they talk like because they walk are walking everywhere and like there's moments about like the amount of because Shep is trying to get to it to CC at one point he's talking about all the people in the street and how it's like this the streets are alive and like he can't get through them and it's like this whole other character to the book and you can tell like how much Jeff and Jenny Kate really love this city because how much care they give it mm-hmm. i like how the books kind of take the tone because like in the, this series is the french quarter series it takes place in the book that's mm-hmm. a constant theme in them like how busy yeah. the french quarter is how alive <laughs> that mm-hmm. section of the city is and then it's really interesting how um like the tone of the story is very different in the um baseball series the mm-hmm. new baseball series they write because that's in the garden district that's those are largely based in the garden district and it's really i love how like the style of the story fits to the area that they're in yes like i agree and i think that well because even like the finding focus like it takes place like someplace else like it's outside of like the city and all of that stuff because it's still in louise louisiana right Mm -hmm it doesn't happen in the city and it has a totally different feel in the way that that story plays out. And so I, you are right. Like they, the town or the location of these stories really are a big factor in the way that the, the story itself plays out. I'm obsessed. If you I know. 
such a good book. It really is. It's such a great series and they are true standalones. If you, cause I, I macheted this series. I don't like to admit that one, but I did. I read book two and then I read book one. I don't, I don't know if I've actually read book four. I probably have. I just don't remember. But so I definitely bounced around this series and I wasn't lost. I wasn't confused. And so like, it definitely holds up really well. If you just decide to pick a random one. <laughs> As I don't like to admit that, but I, I do do it. Okay. I so I know <laughs> I, I feel like it's Becky's fault. It's all Becky's fault. It is Becky's fault. Okay, the best so it is it really is okay do you have a book you think we should review for a quick shot of romance if you do send us an email at the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will check it out thank you Lindsay, so much for joining me on this quick shot of romance and talking jiffy cake with me anytime <laughs> and until next time happy reading everybody find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 